Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. A couple things real quick. Uh, We really do believe that we are better together in small groups of people. We've got small groups that are meeting every single week, and uh, we want you to be a part of them. So if that's something you're interested in, head over to guest services, and there'll be a volunteer there to answer any questions you might have about small groups of people. And if you're online, just comment groups on this live stream, and uh, one of our small group leaders will reach out to you uh, this week. So uh, be a part of a small group and get connected uh, with small groups of people. Uh, We've got these Christmas devotionals here. Uh, There's four of them over on the welcome desk. Uh, This one is the hope of Christmas, and there's a couple of others over there. They all have the same message about that God saw a broken world and that he sent Jesus to fix it. And uh, that's the story of the Christmas message. And there's four of these available over there. They're completely free. Um, If that's something you're interested in, it's a little devotional for Christmas time. And so, again, there's four different ones. Take one at the welcome desk before you leave today. Be sure to grab one or take it to a friend or family, coworker, uh, anyone that might be curious about the Christmas season and uh, what cr- uh, Christmas really is about. So grab them before you leave today, and uh, we'll have these all throughout the month of December leading up to uh, Christmas weekend. So be sure to grab one before you leave today. Do have a kind of a special announcement here. Christmas uh, women's party. Uh, it's going to be happening December 11th, 630. I believe that's a Monday. Uh, they are encouraging everyone to bring a finger food and they're having a white elephant gift exchange. If you're not familiar with that, it is basically a gag gift. So uh, something that you don't want to take home, <laughs> basically. So uh, bring that. Uh, it's going to be really fun. They do this every year. It's a really fun event for them. So if you are interested in that, uh, be sure to see uh, Connie before you leave today. I believe they were passing out little uh, flyers or pamphlets today for that. So if you got one, great. But if you didn't, see Connie, and uh, she'll get you one. So let's talk about Christmas. We are officially in the Christmas season. I've been in the Christmas season since October, but everyone else is finally caught up. So we're ready to get into Christmas. we got a couple things that we're doing. Uh, Let's go to our first outreach event. Uh, We are going back to our local nursing homes, Christmas Outreach 2023. Uh, years past, we have brought them here. We've brought our two nursing homes, Parkside and Shady Lawn, here, and we've done a meal and a dinner theater kind of thing and fed them, and it was a really fun thing, and then COVID happened, and now that's not possible anymore. Uh, things change, and that's okay. We adapt, and now we go to them. And so what we're doing this year is a little different. Uh, years past, we have brought in uh, warm items like toboggans and scarves, gloves and socks. This year, we're only taking up socks. And if you walked in this morning and you're new to Journey, you might have saw the Christmas tree and thought, man, those are weird-looking ornaments. Those look like socks. They are socks. <laughs> uh, so bring in some socks and uh, hang those on the tree, and uh, we're going to be giving those with some candy to our residents at these nursing homes. You can also bring in candy and drop it in this bucket over here by the stage. Uh, just bring in some any kind of holiday candy that you think they would enjoy, and they love these. And hopefully we get Santa to go and take these to them because they love Santa Claus. It's a really fun thing. A couple more things you can do to help. Uh, you can donate cash and check to the tie jug, and that will help cover extra glo- extra socks, sorry, extra socks and extra candy. And also, it will help with the meal we're providing. Uh, we are partnering with the Cynthiana Cheese Store, and uh, they have agreed to give us a kind of like the Thanksgiving box they did. I don't know if anyone saw it on Facebook, but they did this Thanksgiving box, and it had like turkey and other sides and pumpkin pie, and it was only six bucks. And so they've agreed to partner with us to feed 125 people. And so $6.125, you can do the math there. Uh, We need a little bit of help to cover that. So if you want to do that, you can give to the Thai Jug Ministry to help with that. And uh, one of the coolest things that has come out of this with the cheese store helping, 
uh, they have offered to go and serve the meal to our residents, which is really cool. Uh, we partnered with them, and they said, hey, we believe these are two overlooked areas in our community, and uh, we love to help elderly people, especially these people that are kind of like outcasts in our community where they don't have a lot of family, don't have a lot of friends that come and visit them. So this is a really cool thing that the cheese store has partnered with, uh, with us. So. If you're interested in that at all with helping, you can sign up to volunteer right over here at this table. Uh, there is a sign-up sheet there. You can leave your name and phone number. And there are a lot of different logistical things that we kind of have to work through with them serving. Uh, but there are three different opportunities that you can do to help hands-on with delivering the goodie bags and also putting them together. And so if you want more information about that, just leave your name and your phone number over there at the sign-up sheet. We'll reach out to you this week and let you know about these different opportunities uh, that you can help with. Let's talk about some upcoming messages. Uh, this is the last weekend of Momentum. Uh, Bobby will be gone uh, starting the weekend of the 16th and 17th. Before that, he is giving a message about Joseph, but not this Joseph. He's talking about the Joseph in Genesis and hurt and healing and uh, forgiveness and how that kind of relates into the Christmas season. It's a great message. Looked at his outline earlier this week. Really excited for that. And then for two weekends, uh, again, pray for me, pray for you. Most importantly, pray for you. Uh, I'll be in charge for two weeks, uh, taking, taking ownership of this stage for a little while, giving two weekend messages about Christmas. Really excited about it. But join us for Christmas here at Journey, uh, December 23rd at 6, 24th at 1030. Christmas Eve is on Sunday. That's the only Christmas Eve service we'll have. Just want to put that out there. Don't show up at 6 o'clock on Christmas Eve. No one will be here, I promise you. <laughs> but uh, show up the Christmas weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited for this, and uh, we finally feel like we're getting a little bit of more normalcy back in the world today, and uh, we would love to see this room full of people coming to celebrate the birth of Jesus together. Amen? Amen. So let's get into momentum. We've been in this series for four to five weeks, and uh, we're talking today about differences, but also the same. We've talked about a bunch of differences between different people groups and uh, things like that. Today, we're talking about differences uh, within the church. There are a lot of different denominations in our world, and uh, sometimes those differences can really push us apart. So that's what we're talking about today. But before we get started, I'd like to pray. Would you bow with me, please? Father, we thank you for this morning, and uh, right now I pray for Bobby as he brings this message forward about we are all on the same side. Uh, we're on your team, but sometimes our beliefs and uh, things that we try to do in our practices, they really do push us apart. And so, God, right now I pray that this message could unite us together and to show us that we really are all on the same team, and that's your team. And I pray that our differences and beliefs really wouldn't push us away from each other. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Okay, here's a spoiler alert. I have uh, pretty good information that uh, Journey's going to have ice cream on the Journey coffee bar for Christmas. And who doesn't like Christmas, amen? 
As a matter of fact, I did a little research about ice cream. And in 1945, two brothers-in-laws named Burton Baskin and Irvin Robbins. Baskin Robbins. Who hadn't heard of Baskin Robbins? 1945, they created the largest ice cream company in the world and did a pretty good job. It's uh, amazing who has eaten ice cream at Baskin Robbins. I can't promise you that we'll have Baskin Robbins on the Journey Coffee Bar, but I have pretty good sources that we will have ice cream for Christmas on the Journey Coffee Bar. I also found this quote about uh, Baskin Robbins 31, which is what they're called with their corporation and their company. What was once a selection of 31 flavors Baskin Robbins 31, which stands for a different ice cream flavor for each day of the month. It has now grown to over 1,400 in its flavor library. So I don't know who's never eaten at Baskin Robbins. Probably nobody on the planet. Probably all of us have sooner or later gone into a Baskin Robbins, and that's great. But the biggest dilemma may be just deciding what flavor am I going to eat. Say flavor. Now, the reason I tell you that story is that's what's happened to the church. Jesus started the church. Book of Acts. That's where we're at in this series called Momentum. And he started this church on uh, a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. And people were coming to Jesus as disciples and followers by the hundreds and by the thousands. And the church was growing exponentially with one flavor. And it was the flavor of Jesus and the Bible and the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Pretty simple. It was kind of like ice cream, like chocolate and vanilla. Who doesn't like chocolate and vanilla ice cream? Pretty good stuff. They pretty good? Jesus had a pretty good thing. And it really worked for a long time. Probably, probably for about 300 years, we were just one flavor ice cream. We were Jesus, the church Jesus started. And God is for everybody. Not everybody knows. We have to tell everybody. It was kind of that, it was that marketing strategy, kind of like Baskin Robbins. But when you begin to add so many different names over the door and denominations, if you don't go to church and if you've never eaten ice cream, it gets kind of confusing about, I don't know what flavor to pick. I don't know what church to go to. I don't know what they really teach or believe. And so we're trying to make this simple church. And we're trying to go back to the original flavors that God intended and Jesus started, that Jesus really is for everybody, like, you know, vanilla and chocolate ice cream. Make sense? Amen. So you work with me here as we wrap up this series on momentum that we might continue the goodwill that's been started. In the last four weeks, we've talked about how people get divided and hung up over different religious groups. If you're born in America, probably you grew up Christian if you went to a church. But if you were born in another country, you might have grown up Muslim or Buddhist or Hindu or some other world religion if you were actually born in another nation. And so we're trying to talk about momentum that we can have globally and locally. And sometimes we have to find a way to work and build community in our community in a global way. And that's where God is for everybody. 
God is for every language, every nation, every tribe. God's for everyone. And so we have to work on that. It's not easy, but it is possible. Jesus really is for everybody. And I mean everybody. John 3.16, Billy Graham got it right. For God so loved the world. Everybody. Say everybody. It's like good ice cream. I mean, it's like who wouldn't want to try it? And uh, so you've got to be careful that you don't add too many flavors and denominations and names over the door and doctrines that make it too hard for people to decide and choose for people who don't go to church or someone who's never eaten ice cream. That would be hard to believe, but there are people today maybe that haven't. And Jesus is the same uh, for everyone today, every day and forever. So we want to try to make sure everybody understands that. And I'm going to use... This passage in Acts chapter 15, building community in our community and engaging people with different religious denominations, it is difficult at times because we have so many options and choices, and we've gotten used to having options and choices, all of us do, but sometimes simple church and single choices like Jesus really make it better, make things better for everyone. So find a Bible. And let me take you to Acts chapter 15, because I'm going to show you three things that happened in the early first century church when they began to have challenges of uh, everybody being aligned and being uh, together, having unity and having just one name. Uh, originally, they were called followers of Jesus. That, that was how they, that's how they identified people who were not Jewish. There was only one religion in the Old Testament. There was only the Jewish religion. And so when Jesus arrives and baby born in Bethlehem and the story of Christmas and he becomes the savior of the world and the church is launched in the book of Acts, that's the only place in the Bible that you can read the history of the church. So if you're looking at the Bible and you're wondering, where's all the information about the church? Well, it's in the book of Acts. And it's in the book of Acts that we've been spending our time the last four weeks talking about how the church began with such goodwill toward everyone, insiders and outsiders, people who were Jewish and then coming to Jesus, they discovered they had arrested and given Jesus over to the Roman government and had him executed, and they'd made a terrible mistake that that really was the Son of God. Jesus really was the Messiah that was spoken about in the Bible through the prophets. And so these Jewish people came to Jesus and became Jewish converts, and then the part that we're reading in Acts chapter 15 today is where the outsiders who were not Jewish but Gentiles like you and I, they also got invited to the Jesus party. And we got grafted in. Jesus is the vine, John 5, and we are the branch. We're the outsiders. We weren't in the original plan of God, we're in the broader plan of God, which included outsiders and Gentiles in the whole world. And so we have this blessing of working together and helping it become more clear and easy for people who don't go to church to understand the Bible and understand God and understand Jesus. So I've got three takeaways out of Acts chapter 15, and we'll read these verses, and they all start with W. So are you ready? Stay ready? 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 Here they go. If you're going to build community in your community, at Christmas, 
around your own kitchen table with the people that you live with every day, the people in your office, the people that live in America, other cities, big cities, small towns. If you're going to build community in the world, you're going to have to really want to do it. You, you really have to have a desire to create momentum again in the world for God and for his kingdom on earth. You have to really want something. Some of you want to get a degree so I can get a better job. So I've, you know, I'm working really hard taking classes online or I've got night classes or I've got a second job because I want to get out of debt. Some of you have these missions and purposes in life that are really good ones and you really want it so bad that you do almost anything. Say anything. anything. God wants us to have this mission and purpose to create this momentum again in the world, creating community in our communities by sharing the good news of Jesus at Christmas and every day that really is for everybody. Instead of making choices like ice cream and having so many different brands and labels and varieties of churches, there are over 120 different denominations of Baptist churches. We have a lot of different flavors, and it gets confusing. Say confusing? And so let's try to make it easy. Let's try to help God. And let's really want it like he wants it, that we might all really have community and connection and work together, make the world a better place. Say better place? Yeah, let's read it. Look at verse 1, chapter 15, book Acts. Here's how it came down. <laughs> I don't know how it came down for you. I don't know how you got in this big argument at your house. How in the world did we get into this? That's what you're thinking. Christmas is only a few weeks away. What are we so mad about? Why, why, why are we fuming about this? What happened? I want, I want you right now to apply this personally. All of you sitting here and you guys that are online... All of you got into some kind of little scraper episode, and if you're not careful, it turns into a bigger dispute and an argument, and that's what happened in the early church. That's what's happened. That's what we're going to read just in a second. I'm going to read with you, and you're going to read this with me because we're all just people, and if you're not careful, you're going to kill the momentum that God's trying to create in your relationships with your marriage partner, with your children or grandchildren, your neighbor, your aunt, your uncle, in the town or community you live in, or, or where you go to work every day, if you're not careful, you're going to let your stubborn, I want this kind of flavor. You're going to make it so difficult, you ruin the momentum and goodwill that God's trying to create. Say amen? amen. Okay, let's read it. Verse 1. Some men... Always somebody, say somebody, it doesn't have to be a man, it could be a woman too, but it's somebody, some people, I'm just, what is it about some people, stir up trouble, amen, amen. heck yeah, pray for them, pray for everybody, but pray for those people that want to stir up a problem and kill the goodwill and momentum that God is trying to create. Some men came down from Judea to Antioch. Remember I said Antioch was where it was really happening, where Jesus was breaking out. Remember at Asbury? Some of you went over to Asbury. 
you went over there at Wilmore and you said, what in the world is going on? God has got revival and these kids at this college, and they came from like 80 countries in the world for two weeks. People just poured into a little tiny Kentucky town and God was breaking loose somehow. They just didn't, couldn't explain it, couldn't understand it. And that's kind of what was going on in Antioch. Of all places at Antioch. Goodwill, momentum. But then these guys show up. <laughs> trying, to, trying to slow things down, I guess. With their own issues. Come from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers. Now look what they were teaching. Unless you are circumcised, unless you're Jewish, plus Jesus. If somebody tells you it's Jesus plus anything, just move over about four chairs. Say, move over? Come on, I don't care who it is. I don't care which church you call your church. But if somebody starts talking to you that it's Jesus plus, just scoot over about four chairs. Because it ain't, it's Jesus. That's where we start. And if you start adding in Jesus plus anything else that's not in the Bible that God intended for us to continue to practice in the New Testament church, you probably made it too hard for somebody and you probably don't do it yourself. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into a sharp dispute and a debate with them. Yeah, start, start, stirred up a big problem in the church. And you've probably been in some churches and they had big problems. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem. That was kind of where the hub of all the church leaders the apostles were still in Jerusalem. All the other church had scattered and dispersed. And because the church was under persecution, they were trying to arrest Jesus' followers. So everybody had to kind of run for the exits and find a smaller place to worship with other people. So finally, this happened by Acts chapter 15. They need some direction. And they need some guidance. And you need some leadership. And they go back to Jerusalem to answer these questions that some people brought into the church. Questions they took to the elders. Verse 3. The church sent them on their way. And they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria. That's significant that it tells us. That the disciples of Jesus went through areas. Where unchurched people lived. Samaritans, Phoenicians were people that were not invited. To the Jesus party until after Jesus and the cross. It's like living on the poor side of town. It's like living down by the river. It's like living It's like living in the ghetto. It's like living in Section 8 housing. Whatever group of people that you imagine aren't invited to the Jesus party, it was those people in Phoenicia and Samaria that they went over there and shook hands and broke bread and said, Hello, how are you guys doing? They told them how the Gentiles had been converted, how outsiders had accepted Jesus also. This news made all the brothers in Jerusalem very glad. I added the word Jerusalem in there. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church leaders. I put that word leaders in there. They were welcomed by everybody in the church. And the apostles and the elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. God was up to something. God was using them. They were not pastors, preachers, but they were disciples following Jesus so close behind his feet, they got the dirt from his sandals on them, and they just started doing what Jesus did. They just started sharing good news that God's for everybody. 
you guys can do that. You can do that right now. You can do that during Christmas. You can do that every day. We have this we have this commission that God gave to all of us as followers and disciples to share good news with everybody we know and everybody, our neighbor or family or cousin or whoever comes to Christmas dinner. Then some of the believers who belong to this group, there's always a group. There's a group that says you can't wear clothes like that to church. You can't play music like that at church. You can't have church in a building like that. There's always people, there's a group of people always in a church that decide it's Jesus plus something. Move over like four chairs. They move over. I'm just telling you guys, we're reading it here. It's not the first time. It happens in our world today. If you go to an ice cream store and somebody tells you you can't eat except the ice cream that I'm eating, you're probably just not going to get along. You're probably going to have some differences and stir up some problems, and they did in the early church. Some of the believers belonging to the party of the Pharisees said, the Gentiles must be circumcised, Jesus plus, and required to obey the law of Moses to be saved. Jesus has set us free, guys. Go back and read John. Go read the book of John. John 10.10. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy everything that God's trying to build in your personal life right now. Momentum. Goodwill. Progress. Satan wants to come, John 10, 10, still kill and destroy what Jesus is growing and developing that's new and fresh. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came to set you free. And if you let Satan burden you down with some legalistic idea that somebody in church told you that it was Jesus plus, you're in trouble. Now, there are boundaries. Don't misunderstand me. Whatever's in the Bible, you need to follow. But circumcision was not included in the requirements for salvation in the New Testament when Jesus went to the cross. It is by faith, through grace, at baptism, that we are saved. Say amen. amen. You don't have to memorize the entire Bible. You don't have to wear certain clothes. You don't have to say if, you wear, if you're a person that wears tattoos, you're not welcome. It don't have to be a white person, a black person. It doesn't have to be an American or an Asian. It doesn't have to be a rich or poor person. It doesn't have to be a single or married person. It just needs to be a person. We're all just people. We speak different languages. We eat different food. We live in different homes, different houses, but we're all a family. We're all a community. And so we begin to divide ourselves and there's the black church and there's the white church and there's the Hispanic church and there's the Asian church and there's the big church and there's the little church and there's the fancy church and there's the plain church. There's only one church. It's the church Jesus started and it's simple church and it's like ice cream. It's like vanilla and, and chocolate ice cream. It's like, you know, basic flavors. And if you add 1,400 different versions of the church, the church that Jesus started, it's complicated. Say complicated? We made it too hard. We've made it too hard. That's what happened in the early church and in America because we're all about our freedoms and we're all about our choices. We apply that. I mean, you guys, all of you can drive whatever car or truck that you want, whatever brand and label and name and size and 
And we start doing everything, even in the church, that way. So just go back to the Bible, make it simple, make it like getting basic ice cream, chocolate, and vanilla, and help other people understand it's not that complicated. And these guys who showed up were problem makers. And so they had to send off these two trusted brothers, Paul and Barnabas, to go back to Jerusalem, talk to the elders. James was one of the elders. James was the half-brother of Jesus. He was one of the leaders in the church in Jerusalem. They didn't get to talk directly to Jesus, but they got to talk directly to his half-brother who, who grew up in the same house with Jesus. And they went to James, and, and, he to, and they shared this story about this dis dispute that got critical and the, a debate and a disagreement that turned into an argument. Does that sound like you and your family and your marriage? And Yeah, it just started with something that we had opinions about, but pretty soon that opinion turned into something that was, that was bigger than that, and we made it so big we couldn't figure it out and sort it out, and we just got madder and madder. You've got to really want to have community in your community. Come on now. If you want to have a marriage that really is healthy and is thriving, not just surviving, you've got to really want it. Say amen? amen. It's not easy. We are stubborn. We are difficult. We have different opinions, and we do eat different kind of flavors of ice cream. But go back to simple things, and especially in the church. And so verse 5, there needs to be some action taken. And so, but some, some of these men, look at, look at the New Living Translation, then some of the men who had been Pharisees before their conversion stood up and declared that all Gentile converts, converts must be circumcised and be required to follow the law of Moses. If everybody has to look just like you and dress just like you, we're going to have a small church forever. There are not going to be many people that are going to be interested in your flavor if it's only your choice. And that's what people were talking about. They were talking about circumcision and Jewishness more than they were talking about Jesus. And so Peter arrives and tries to bring some balance in verse 7. And later in verse 12, there's a discussion by Paul and Barnabas where they give their views about what they've seen with their own eyes that God is doing with people who are different and who are, who are outsiders, spiritual outsiders. And so I guess this first point with a W is you've got to really want a solution before you're ever going to find one, whatever your problem is. You want your health to be better. You want to quit coughing all the time. You want to quit being sick all the time. You want to lose weight and get healthier. You want something so bad if you want a solution to the problems that you personally have, you have to really want to make it better. Amen? Amen? That's what it says. You've got to decide that it's worth it. You've got to learn how to collaborate and work together. Find solutions that really are biblical and in the Bible and, and are of God and build community and momentum and goodwill again. Give up some of the things that you clung to and hung on to. Here's the second W. First one is you gotta really you gotta really want a solution. 
And the second thing is you have got to really work at it. And that's where verse 7 starts. So let me read a little bit of that. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed the whole group. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. Verse 8, God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, people who were outside the church, not Jewish, just as he did to us who grew up and we were, we were Jewish. He made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. By faith through grace at baptism. Verse 10, now, now then, why do you try to test God? By putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke, a burden, that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear. If you make it too hard for somebody else to come to a Jesus relationship with your opinions and ideas and your preferences like ice cream flavors, woe is you. Say amen. amen. <laughs> no, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the miraculous signs and wonders that God had done among the Gentiles through them. So there were some of these guys in the early church, the first century church, that were not ready to reconcile their differences and build community and engage with others and build a consensus, and it was a problem. And they really had to work hard to find a way to begin a conversation and look for some kind of solution or resolution that everybody could agree upon, even with people that were not very willing to work on things. It is tough, guys, to get people to change our habits, but it's not impossible. Can I tell you a story? All of us have this opportunity to make things better in our world, if we will want it like God wants it for this community and partnership with all churches and all names that they have over their door, he wants all of us just to be Christians and just be followers of Christ. It would be a lot simpler if we just make it easy for other people who just don't know. You got to want it, you got to work on it, and finally, number three, you got to go to the Word of God and find some answers and guidance and direction. Verse 13, read that. Verse 13. When they finished, James spoke up, the half-brother of Jesus, and said, Brothers, listen to me. Simon Peter has described to us how he's seen with his own eyes how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. He invited them to the church, to the Jesus celebration. Verse 15, the words of the prophets are in agreement with this as it is written. The Bible in the Old Testament and prophets said that God was going to merge together and build community in the community between insiders and outsiders, between Jewish and Gentile people, between all creeds and 
tribes and peoples of the earth, God's family everywhere. After this, God promises, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tents, like in Jerusalem and the temple and a nation, the new heaven and the new earth and revelation and God's return. All of this has been predicted and prophesied that God has a family, a forever family, and there's always been a remnant of faithful followers, even in the Jewish faith, even during times of falling away and unfaithfulness, always God is growing something and momentum toward this conclusion of everything in our world. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it. Verse 17, that the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things, everybody together with those who were Jewish and came to believe that Jesus was the Son of God also that have been known for the ages. Verse 19, it is my judgment, James says, the leader in the church in Jerusalem, the half-brother of Jesus here, it is my conclusion my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it more difficult or difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. So do whatever we can. The mission for momentum is that instead of arguing that we try to find some solution that God really is for everybody and that there is a way and Jesus is the way. He is the truth. And go to the Bible and try to find guidance in the Bible and get some help. Get somebody to coach us. Get somebody to guide us who can, who can be reasonable and be gifted by God to find solutions. You've got to want it. You've got to work on it. And then you've got to consult the Bible. Say amen? amen. And sometimes that's going to mean we're going to have to change. Here's my little story I'll finish with. And we'll have the bottom line to do communion. Sometimes we get stuck and we don't know how to give up some of our opinions. Farmer Brown and Farmer Green were neighbors. Some of you are neighbors across the table in the house where you live right now. Husbands and wives. You got strong opinions about certain things. Farmer Brown and Farmer Green were neighbors. Farmer Brown had a dog. That dog loved to chase cats. And Farmer Green had a cat that hated dogs. When Farmer Brown went to visit Farmer Green, he would take his dog, and as soon as the dog saw the cat, a race ensued. The dog chased the cat a couple of times around the farmhouse, into the backyard, and the cat always, always ran up an old oak tree. It happened with every visit. After a couple years, Farmer Green cut down the old oak tree. And sure enough, along came Farmer Brown and his trusty dog. The dog saw the cat. The cat began to run. The dog was in hot pursuit. Around the house they ran once, twice, and the cat went for the old oak tree, and he was some 30 feet into the air before he realized 
something was different. <laughs> if you're not careful, you're chasing your tail. The same old arguments that you've had, you need to let go of. They ain't working. They ain't working. The same old ideas and opinions about your thoughts, they just don't work anymore. That tree's been cut down. There is hope for everybody. And if we're not careful, we're the dog chasing the cat or we're the cat getting chased by the dog. And the truth is, God loves them both. Amen? That's how you create momentum. You come to terms with yourself. This isn't a dog and cat problem. This is a me problem. That's what we have. All of us have a me problem. We like it our way. We like our ice cream flavor. We like whatever it is that we like. And maybe that's ended. Maybe it's time that that ended and you need to let it go. Bottom line, the whole world is off the map. We need to work together. Every church, whatever your name over the door is, help people realign their life from a biblical viewpoint, not a secular viewpoint, build consensus and community in the community. We need to be a part of the solution, not more of the problem. Help people build community in the community. Go ahead and pass the cups. I'm going to take my cup. You guys who are home watching online, if you're going to take communion with us, grab something. Let me read Acts chapter 2. Before we leave Acts completely for right now, let me read from Acts chapter 2 in the early church. What did they do when they got together, when they had church? Let me remind you. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's what I just read to you in Acts chapter 15. That's what we read on screen. They devoted themselves to the words of Jesus and to the teaching of the apostles and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Take the bread. Maybe you need a Christmas miracle. I've been praying for a few people on the phone. Been sick. They've had surgeries. They've had circumstances. They're hopeless without Jesus. They need help. And we prayed for a Christmas miracle. Maybe, maybe you need one too. Cup? Let's pray. God, thank you that Jesus changes everything. Not just baby Jesus, but our Savior on the cross who takes away the sin of the world, which means my sin too. Not just my neighbor's sin or my ex-wife's sin or the job I used to have and I quit because they cheated me out of money. But God, you've made a plan in a way, and Jesus is that way that all of us, no matter what kind of cheat or what kind of person that wanted to argue and be stubborn and difficult, no matter who we are, we have 
an opportunity to make things well, make things better. May you forgive us, God, when we refuse to change. May you change us through your forgiveness, grace, and mercy. Make us a better person and a better version that can help other people do the same. In his name we pray. Amen. Drop your cups into the basket. And uh, if you've got an offering, put that in a plate. That would be terrific. Help us with our our giving. And if you've got something that you want to share with the people that we're going to help at the nursing homes and our meals, put that in a tie jug. Thank you guys for being a part of our church family today. And guys who are still here in the room, if somehow God has touched you, moved you around a bit, and you're ready to make some kind of personal decision and you want to tell me about it, slide on down the hallway. We'll talk about your personal decision that you've made today. And uh, we'll ask God to help us do that. See you guys soon. God bless you.